0: Welcome to this special Christmas edition of the Word on Wednesday podcast. My name is John Mason. It's great to have you with us. Today we journey back in time to the promises of Israel's ancient prophets and then move forward to the time when the promises were fulfilled. Through scripture readings and carols sung by the Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, we will consider afresh how Luke the Physician tells us that Jesus was born of a virgin, Mary. We'll hear again the ancient records telling us that Jesus' birth was heralded by a heavenly choir and that the baby Jesus was seen by shepherds. Everything about Jesus' birth points to the astonishing reality that God has come amongst us, in person, as one of us. But before we make the journey back in time, let's first pray for ourselves and for others Let's pray for a world where self-interest and darkness all too often shut out the light of truth. And so let's pray for a world that is torn with hate, conflict and war, a world where there is sorrow and grief. Above all, let us pray that God's truth will prevail, that the hearts of men and women and young people will be drawn to the Christ, that people will see in Jesus the light of the world find forgiveness for the past, and hope for the future.
1: Let us pray. Sovereign Lord God, direct with your wisdom and power the leaders of the nations. Lord, give them such wisdom and understanding that they may restrain wickedness and vice and uphold justice and truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the creator and preserver of all humankind, we humbly pray for all who are in any kind of trouble, sorrow, sickness, anxiety, or need. We particularly pray for those who lost loved ones this year through COVID-19. We thank you that a vaccine has now been produced and pray that it will be made available both speedily and fairly so that all peoples and nations may benefit. Father, we also continue to pray for people who suffer because of injustice, poverty, and powerlessness. Especially pray for people in Afghanistan, the Middle East, and Nigeria at this time. Lord, enable us to share with others the material things that they need. Most of all, in your great mercy, bring comfort and hope through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who died and rose to save us and give us meaning and hope forever. We ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
2: A reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Christmas this year stands out as a beacon of hope. Friends and family often tell us they love the lights and carols of Christmas, but this year, which has been so tumultuous and troubling, Christmas holds out something extra special. How wonderful, if it were really true! The reading we've just heard from Isaiah chapter 9 is part of the Christmas backstory. In the early chapters of his writing, Isaiah spoke of dark times, of deprivation and suffering, anger and a sense of hopelessness. In chapter 8 we read, distressed and hungry, God's people will roam through the land. When they are famished, they'll become enraged, and looking upward, they'll curse their king and their God. But Isaiah says, don't give up, for a time will come when a light will dawn. And in chapter 9 he tells us where the first glimmer would be seen. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, God humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, lands to the north of Israel. But in the future, God will honour Galilee of the Gentiles by way of the sea along the Jordan. Galilee will be where the light will dawn. There will be joy, Isaiah says, and the shadow of death will pass. For as he goes on in verse 6, he writes, To us a child is born, to us a son is given. The sign of God's saving plan would begin with something very weak, something very insignificant, the birth of a baby. Yet the government would be on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah was laying down a timeless principle. We need to be patient and turn to the Lord, putting our trust in Him. As we look back at Isaiah chapter 9, we discover that God led Isaiah through his own family experience to see the unfolding of God's purposes, of judgment, redemption and hope. But there was much more to come, many centuries later. The carol, Hark! The Herald Angels Sing, reflects the biblical account of the next stage of God's plan.
3: A reading from the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph, also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Some 600 years after Isaiah wrote, Dr. Luke tells us, in those days a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. Like a good newspaper reporter or historian, Luke identifies the time of his narrative, when Augustus was Emperor. As we look back at this, we see that Augustus' decision requiring a census set in motion events that resulted in the fulfillment of God's promises. It's worth noting that God works out His purposes in the course of human affairs. Luke tells us, The time came for Mary to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. The word inn, which is part of our culture's Christmas story, is not an accurate translation of the original word. The usual word for in is found in the story of the Good Samaritan that we read in Luke chapter 10. The word in Luke chapter 2 is different. It is the word katalema, which literally means a place to stay or guest room. Katalema is also found in reference to the guest room in a private house in Jerusalem where Jesus celebrated the Passover with his disciples. We read this in Luke chapter 22. In Jesus' day, poorer families lived in homes with one large extended room. At one end, there was always a small area at ground level under the same roof where the family animals were kept at night to keep them secure. Luke is telling us that there was literally no guest room in a private home for Joseph and Mary to stay. Mary had to make do for the birth of Jesus at one end of a living room. What's more, she used the cattle feeding trough or manger set up at the end of the raised floor of the living room as the baby's crib. Yet Luke records that at the birth of Jesus an angel said to the shepherds, To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who was the Messiah, the Lord. Luke's description of the humble circumstances of Jesus' birth draws our attention to an irony. The title Augustus that Caesar Octavian had taken to himself signified greatness and divinity. The circumstances of Jesus' birth were the converse and prompt us to ask, how could Mary's baby be the long-promised Messiah? Yet the angel had told Mary that her baby would one day be far greater than any emperor or monarch, president or ruler. In chapter 2 of Luke's Gospel, We also read, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Given the resources of heaven, it's very striking that the angel didn't use the occasion to hold a very spectacular announcement in Bethlehem or come to think of it, in Jerusalem. We need to keep Isaiah's words in chapter 9 in mind. God himself would raise up a ruler, who would do what no other leader could do. He would rule with justice and peace forever. At the time of Jesus' birth, shepherds were at the bottom of the social order. They were the lost, the outsiders. Yet it was to them the angel made the announcement, in fulfillment of his promise, God has reached down from the glory of highest heaven to rescue and transform the lives of all people, even the lowliest, including the outcasts. No wonder Luke goes on to record for us the angelic choir that sang Glory to God in the highest and on earth Shalom, peace. Is it true? Or was the announcement that Jesus is the Saviour, the Christ, just another false hope? G.K. Chesterton once remarked, truth must necessarily be stranger than fiction. For fiction is the creation of a human mind, and therefore congenial to it. Too often we fail to find the joy and peace of Christmas because we have not truly found God's Saviour King ourselves. And let's be honest, we are all in need of a Saviour. And so it means carrying out our own investigation, encouraging our family and friends to do the same. For it's only when we turn to Jesus in repentance and in faith that our minds and hearts will be changed by God's good news of forgiveness and new life and new hope. And that in turn will enable us to truly sing, O come all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. And as the carol goes on, Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born is happy morning. May Christ, the Son of God, gladden your hearts by His coming to live amongst us and bring you His peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen.
3: People involved in today's Christmas podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team, and Margaret Pope. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Tierdu, and Zachary Hicks. Carols for Christmas are sung by the choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast, And don't forget to register for the Anglican Connection February online conference. Details can be found at www.anglicanconnection.com.